Well, here I am, gearheads, at the absolute bottom of show business. This is Jerry Lewis. And I guess I should tell you about blindmike.net. And I should tell you to go there and subscribe to the Patreon and soon to be offering gifted YouTube memberships. Here is your host, a man who couldn't hold my full and stinky diaper, Blind Mike Geary. Huh? really captured Jerry Lewis's not caring about anything. I know. <laughs> I don't know how Jerry Lewis ended up being a character on the program, but I kind of like it. Yeah, I, it was just from a why you laughing, I think. I guess so. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, so this is a different kind of episode today, and I don't know what to say about it, really. I can't stop smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun for us, but do you think they'll enjoy it? Do you think the listeners will like this? So when we talk to Richard, our favorite things are when he just goes off and calls people sacks of shit. And if you like that... We got about an hour and ten minutes of that coming up for you. Got a lot of it, but here now. Here are my questions, and here's what I kept. Believe me, this is in my mind throughout the whole episode. First of all, are we phonies now? No, I feel like that. I feel like that's the conversation I would have. We've never said anything about Richard that was bad. We asked him everything we had an issue with about him. Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. My other question: Does it ruin the bit? No. Okay, well, that, these are questions I want you guys to decide. Give me feedback. Leave it in the comments. Uh, is Craig right or wrong? Uh, for the Craig haters out there, there's going to be a couple moments where you, <laughs> you get what you want, I guess, <laughs> if hey. you enjoy hating Craig. What did I do now? What did I do this time? <laughs> well, we'll see if the people can spot it, which reminds me, by the way, <clears throat> there's a, something I forgot to bring up on the last program. On uh, Why You Laughing episodes, it ends with, uh, from an episode we did. Oh, yeah. Dave Chappelle's Killing Him Softly. That's right. It ends with the phrase, uh, zip it up and zip it out. Mm-hmm. Now, I've always kind of noticed this, but didn't really care enough to mention it. Uh, but someone on Twitter astutely pointed out, they said, hey, why is there like a sigh after zip it up and zip it out? Now, Craig responds to this like a real dick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I didn't realize it's artistic, buddy. <laughs> I think I, I believe my exact phrase was, oh, no, that was I, on purpose. <laughs> I can picture Craig with his beret on throwing his scarf over his shoulder at this guy, like yeah. as if to be like, sir, you don't understand art. <laughs> yeah, you you don't so get please it. Please enlighten us. What's the what's the reason? Um, well, he he says zip it up and zip it out. Yeah. And that's what it is. But it okay. almost flows, so it's like a weird cut. So I just left the uh, in there because it it was it flowed better. Okay, well, Craig, I mean, I'm sorry, myself, uh, Red from Maine, and everyone else that saw this, but thought, oh, Craig's about to say he's got some brilliant. Well, you see, Mike, the reason is. <laughs> I thought it sounded <laughs> funny. Insightful thing. It was a hey, Craig just felt like leaving it like that. <laughs> I felt like leaving it like that because I thought the other way sounded funny. Um, there was another, speaking of Craig, there was another note I, uh, neglected to bring up from a very good show. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, the Jonah Hill controversy came up in the episode I listened to. And, uh, Craig, yeah. he's called oh, Mike, and then he kind of stops himself and he thinks about all he has to lose in his broadcasting career and the millions of fans listening to very good show. And he says, 
ah, should I even bother? I might get in trouble for this one. <laughs> and then goes on to give the most banal take on the Jonah Hill thing that I've ever heard in my life. Did I say that? <laughs> You're like, ah, jeez, ah, I might get in trouble for this. And I remember Justin and I looking at each other like, oh, look out. <laughs> oh, the zany police are on their way, Craig. You better hurry up and get this one out. Oh, I... I that sounds like it sucks. I don't remember saying that, but I believe you, <laughs> Craig. You know what? Caution to the wind. I'm going to say it. I don't think Jonah Hill said anything that bad. Oh, <gasps> you could hear gasps around the country. <laughs> well, there had to have been something leading up to that, or like I'm a word. You, we were disgusted in the car. <laughs> it was not a word. I almost. I, I've got Colin and yelling at me about cameo, and I'm still like, please, let's keep talking about that rather than listen to Craig. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That was another note. I I, I guess I'm not going to be on KMS for like uh, over a week now, I think, because they're going away. And I, w- I, I thought I was on today, but apparently not. Cull- another another Cullinane snubbing of me. Mm-hmm. But the Cullinane snubbing I've got an issue with is uh, he's he's painted this picture of me. <laughs> like in the car ride home. Well, you've listened, Craig. Mm-hmm. Cullinane talks about that car ride home as if I... I'm just like sitting there like this, this cameo bullshit. I'm getting angry about it. And like, Kakone, am I right here? And Innocent Dave's like, oh, I, I don't know if I really want to get into it. I'm like, ah, you pussy. Throw a backbone. He's a coworker. I can't talk about him. No, no. What happened was <laughs> Cullinane out of nowhere in the car says, uh, Pah. There you go. Once again, Frank the Tank tweeting number one on Cameo. And I said, uh, how many is number one? And he said, 23. And I just said, well, it seems like Cameo's books are really cooking. <laughs> so all it was was a comment on the fact that if the number one person on Cameo has 23 people, then the business probably isn't doing that well. And then I went back to my phone, hoping not to be bothered with this issue again. But no, Dave goes, well, you got to think he's not the only one on there. And I was like, yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying if it's number one, it's probably not. And he go, and then Dave brings up the argument that, yeah, Frank only gets 23 in a day, but there are 50,000 people on Cameo that get at least one request. And that's where I said, I can't imagine that's true, Dave. That's quite a lot of people. I said, I can't imagine that that's true. And then he's like, well, it is. And Justin's looking at all the numbers Justin's looking up indicate that it's not true. Not even close. <laughs> 50,000 is way too many. Maybe five. <laughs> then, so then Dave's getting mad. And I repeatedly said, I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so now he has spun this narrative. And here's the brilliance of Cullinane. I'll never get to respond to it on any platform of that size now. Yeah, because I'm just saying it to you people. Now, when now by the, time, by the time you're in there again, it's going to be old news. You're not even going to have to talk about it. By the time I get back in there, it'll never, it won't come up again. Never again. So People are he's a he's a shiftier character than than meets the eye. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> but anyways, uh, I know we uh, we teased it. We didn't really say what was happening. We we've got Richard Ojeda <laughs> coming up. <laughs> so uh, go support Ojeda live. Let him know the gearheads support him. This is where we get into murky waters. Like, we're friends with Tom Myers now. Yep. We're friends with Ojeda. We might have to 
cut Brendan Schaub off. <laughs> we can't have so many friends here. I mean, as soon before. So this part wasn't recorded, but or was it? Maybe it might have been. But uh, so it, first thing he says is I'm excited just because you have a picture of Quincy behind you. <laughs> oh, yes, he did. Fuck. We weren't recording when we. I, I'm, I may have been. Yeah, but I he didn't know he was on the. I mean, not that he said anything bad, but if if it um, is that two seconds will be somewhere. I know I should have brought it back up on the show, but yeah, yeah, big <laughs> he, Quincy. He guy. loved he loved the Quincy poster, and if you guys like the curb stomping and the jackaloons, you got your fill. And you're gonna overdose on sack of shit. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, a few assaults are mentioned. It's it's a wild ride. I mostly Doc Stallings gets brought up. Yep, Doc Stallings came up. Uh, it was we had a lot of fun. What I'm curious for you guys in the chat is: Are you also having fun, <laughs> or did we fuck this up? That's... <laughs> but just so just so you know. I want you to know that I know if that's the case. All right. <laughs> I think I think you're worrying too much about it. It was a fun interview. It was yeah. awesome. He was making me like die laughing, admitting right. to some stuff that I assume Surprised is past. He admitted to. Yeah. I'm assume I'm assuming it's past the statute of limitations, or else yeah, he yeah, wouldn't yeah. have said it. <laughs> but I'll, I'll be curious to hear uh, feedback from you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Oh, and uh, blindmike.net. Very good show.org. Support the show. Patreon. Um, go to the Patreon. Get us to a thousand. It's I bet we could play the Richard Ojeda drinking game with Richard Ojeda now. Oh, yeah. No, he's coming back on at some point, I think. So get us to a thousand. Um uh subscribe on YouTube. Looking to get that number up to ten thousand. So some of you people that aren't subscribed, make sure you subscribe everywhere you get podcasts and do the same for a very good show. Like I said, go listen to Craig push the edge. If you guys thought you were near the edge, Craig has pushed it, so you got a little more room. I I said that without accidentally almost saying a word I shouldn't. Like I just said that random. No, you said you were guy like guys, buckle up because the bad boy is hopped on his Harley, and he's cruising to Take Town. Oh, I don't remember saying that because he's got a hot one, baby. That's if that's the case, that's fucking <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> so go tell me if you agree on that as well. Go listen to a very good show. And uh, go subscribe to old Richie Ojeda. And uh, now time for my pal, Mike Geary, to take it away. And we have a mean transition. All right. Well, if you guys are fans of this program, then by any metric, this is a, an A-list guest, decorated Army major, and uh, now my pal, I think we can say, Richard Ojeda. What's happening, Richard? Hey, uh, you know, living the dream, brother. Living the dream. <laughs> Every day's Christmas. So I have to ask, because you were dealing with Hack Ride, who is a controversial figure on this program. What did he, how did he convince you to come on here? Do you know anything about us? What do you know about the program? And what no, was your interaction know, look, with Hack Ride like? No, he just, look, I, I don't have a problem coming on podcasts and things like that. And honestly, he was really, really cool back and forth. Uh, you know, sounds, seems like a really great guy, man. So, uh, you know, no issues at all. I mean, you know, I told him that there was some things that I really didn't want to, you know, dive into because, you know, in terms of other people and their podcasts and stuff like that. But for the most part, I, I'm an open book. I don't have a problem uh, answering questions about, you know, me doesn't bother me at all, man. And okay. you know, I'm, I'm always down for that. Now I know uh, you're no, go ahead. Sorry. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a staunch Democrat. I know a lot of people think that, you know, all I do is throw stones at Donald Trump, but I mean, at the end of the day, 
I mean, you know, he's in the news cycle. Everything he does, he's in the news cycle. Believe it or not, every time he opens his mouth, he automatically gets top billing in the news cycle. And and I will tell you that, you know, there are times when here you think you're going, I mean, I have actually traveled before to be, you know, in a news studio because we're getting ready to do a story and all of a sudden get kicked to the curb because Donald Trump opened his mouth and said something. So, you know, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Now I've read between the lines and I'm to understand you're not a fan of Donald Trump, right? You're pretty subtle about it, but I've noticed you don't <laughs> yeah. seem to care for him. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's, I mean, you know, yeah, we're not, we're not fans. <laughs> so Richard, I need you to, I need you to correct something for me because this is something I think about a lot. We're because I hear this and you know, there's all sorts of misinformation that runs out there. Were you originally a Donald Trump voter that changed over time? Did you vote for him in 2016? Yes, I supported Donald Trump. And, you know, the thing was, was that first and foremost, you know, I didn't care for the things that he was saying, but Donald Trump did something that we haven't seen in West Virginia since J.F. Kent, you know, John Kennedy. And that was he actually come to West Virginia and he addressed the coal fields and understand that, you know, as much as I couldn't stand a lot of the things that he was saying, my family relies on the coal in those coal fields. My, all of my uncles are, are coal miners. You know, when I was a kid growing up, I mean, you know, it was like, you know, feast and famine, you know, I had six months of the year, everybody's on strike and then six months, everybody's working. And it's still like that today. I mean, today when everybody's working, everybody's got a bass boat, everybody's got a big Ford F 550 truck and all that stuff. And then six months later, it's all for sale. And, uh, you know, they're trying to keep food on the table while they're in the, you know, famine uh, side of the house. But, you know, he he was talking about doing things for the coal industry. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I, I will absolutely, you know, swallow my pride and I will support this guy. And then, of course, you know, as soon as he wins, he doesn't do anything. We lost more coal jobs under Donald Trump than we did on anybody else. I mean, you know, and at the end of the day, coal is a dying resource. We need to get away from it because the truth is, is it's bad for the environment. And, you know, you can sit and say that you don't believe in global warming, but I mean, goodness gracious, just look, you know, the last, last seven days last week was the hottest seven days in our, on the, in the globe's history period. (laughs) So there are issues and we need to address that. And, and we got to stop saying that, don't worry, our kids will figure it out. So when did you, when did you make the switch? Do you remember the moment you stopped supporting Trump? Cause you've done a complete 180. If you went from voting to the guy to, I hear you talk about him now, you, he's enemy number one on the Ojeda list. So when did well, he I mean, make I mean, that it switch? Wasn't, it, it wasn't long. It wasn't long afterwards. No. It was just, you know, listening to the things that he says and the way that he spews things, you know, and I will tell you that, you know, I ran for Congress in 2018 and I was number one out of all 435 races in the country in flipping red boats blue. And, uh, and hold on, oh. I'm not, I'm not going to answer it. Uh, uh, <laughs> but he came to West Virginia and called me a stone cold, crazy wacko. And he supported my I've seen this. Yeah. And this is what's, but the sad thing about this is, is that, you know, all I wanted to do was help West Virginia. You know, when I become a Senator in West Virginia, a state Senator, the first thing they told me is your first 60 days, don't do nothing. Just sit back, relax, watch what we're doing. And uh, yeah, then maybe next session, which is in the following year, then maybe you can get your feet wet. 
First and foremost, the people did not elect me to sit back and watch other people do the bidding. I went there to stand up for my people. And oh, by the way, I lost, I, I went through a lot. A lot of people don't know this, but I won my state Senate seat from the emergency room at Charleston Area Medical Center because two days before I won my election, I took a pipe to the back of the head and eight broken bones in my face with Jesus. brass knuckles. So yeah, yeah, that's what I had to go through. So, you know, when I got to, to, to the Capitol, the first thing I did was I started pushing legalization of medical cannabis. And of course, everybody was like, hell no, we ain't going to give this a shot. But what I did was I got the people behind it. About two weeks, my bill was sitting on the floor and nobody was, wasn't going anywhere. So I went to the uh, Health and Human Resources Committee chairman, Tom Takubo, and I said, why are you not running my bill? And he looked me in the face and he said, because Big Pharma don't like it. So I said, fuck Big Pharma. So I hope I can <laughs> Boy, Richard. Uh, so I walked over and I grabbed the microphone. And the one thing I learned about being a state senator is when you grab that microphone, all cameras have to zoom in on you. Okay. And that's when I started making this a big piece where people on the outside of the Capitol were starting saying, yeah, this is right, man. This is right. We need to, we need to support medical cannabis. Yeah. Because once again, poor people get cancer more than rich people because poor people drink from the tap and rich people drink Evian water. And that's just the way that it is. And so I was able to get West Virginia passed in my first 60 days. Um, but all I wanted to do was help West Virginia. That's all I ever wanted to do. You know, I started a, a shoe program that we sent 6,000 kids in Southern West Virginia to school with new shoes on their feet. I always worked my ass off to try to help people. I, I, I made the local officials in my hometown establish a abandoned and dilapidated structure program because one out of every four houses was burnt rotten to the damn ground. And these leaders, leaders were doing jack shit. So yeah. I called their asses out. So I've always tried to help. Oh, well, yeah. the next thing you know, I'm running for Congress and I got this guy coming down there throwing stones at me and she won. But do you know that in the last six years, and now she's going for her fourth term, she has never so much as brought a single penny to West Virginia. The only thing that she's caught, she got caught basically trying to take credit for infrastructure that she voted no on. And the only thing that she brought to West Virginia was she got a $3.1 million PPP loan that went to her and her family. Oh, so and It's always how it works. It's always how it works. So Disgusting. that's what they got by listening to that orange turd run his pie hole. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, you know, he is garbage. I think that, you know, he, what he said, I'm going to tell you, I'm glad that I'm on your podcast right now, because for all the people that are listening to what I'm saying, I want them to also remember this. If you know anybody that's facing charges for, I don't know, murder, rape, whatever it is. Yeah. Craig, you do realize that all they have to do right now, apparently Let's go file to run for president because if they allow this stuff to get pushed back for Donald Trump, they got to allow it for everybody else. So, you know, we don't want to have a double standard, which is, you know, I mean, honestly, what Donald Trump's trying to do is just try to, he's trying to avoid prosecution because if he can win in 2024, his, uh, you know, his new uh, uh, DA basically cancels all the, uh, you know, all the lawsuits. All right. I think Craig, based on a lot of his proclivities, now has a legitimate shot of president yeah, based I'm, on what Richard's telling us. Yeah, I'm going to file there you soon. Go. Do you think if you're, if you're if you're facing court, hey, that's all you're going to do, man. All right. No do problem. You, do you think all these indictments and everything are helping him with his base, though, and the groundswell of support behind him? Okay. Well, let me tell you, you know, there. I will tell you this. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the the uh, uh, no limits. I believe it is uh, the new the new, uh, you know, super PAC. 
Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. But let me tell you, there's people every day waking up that are Donald Trump supporters and are realizing that he is the worst thing in the world for this country. I mean, he can't even speak. I love it when they keep talking about, oh, Joe Biden, he's a he can't even walk and talk. Joe Biden can run a 5K, drive a, or ride a bicycle. Uh, you know, Donald Trump shits his diapers twice a day. So, and that's an absolute fact. So that's a fact. You've so, looked into that. Yeah, that's. I mean, dude, I'm telling you right now, the dude shits himself twice a day, <laughs> and they got to take him into a room and they got to hose his ass off, man. I mean, he's, he's absolute garbage, man. But Richard I mean, has seen it. He's done the research. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, come. On. It's in his shoes and up his back. <laughs> oh, Richard, who's calling? You, you got to turn this phone off. On, he, yeah. Okay. All right. I got it. He went. He won't call back now. Uh, but I mean, so, you know, well, you have a base. Let me ask you this real quick, Richard. I'm sorry. Yeah. How much, because you're making a lot of great points, particularly the diapers thing about Donald Trump, I think is the best point you've made. It is a but fact. You did. You mentioned that he calls you a, a stone cold wacko and he has yeah. a way of throwing these nicknames at people. Did yeah. any of that factor into you switching? Yes. Were, you, were you a little, no, like, no, no, hey, no, I like no, it when I he does already, with other people, but. No, I was already, I was already against Donald Trump. It didn't take me a long, it was about a month after he won the presidency when I was like, good Lord, every time he opens his mouth, he's an embarrassment. I mean, you know, look, uh, just it's just, it's so sad. And I'm going to be honest with you. I voted Republican in presidential elections Pretty much, I voted for George Bush. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's just I was it's always that because now you you strike me as someone that never would. Like when I listen to your show, and I hope you don't take offense to this, you you no. seem like a guy that would be impossible to move off of the left. But that's when I when no, I found no. out that you voted for Trump, and now you're saying you voted for Bush as well. Obviously, uh, you're Bush, someone guy. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Let me tell you something. The reason why is because the military. Most people in the military will actually vote Republican for the president. And here's why. Because when a Republican president is in power, everything, whatever you want, you can have. Now, when Bill Clinton was the president, I was a paratrooper back in those days. And I'm going to tell you that, you know, a paratrooper, we actually enjoy jumping out of airplanes. It's a, it is a rush that you can't even describe. If you've done it, you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, when you are a paratrooper and it's time to go training and normally what you would do is you would parachute onto one of the drop zones off of Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and then you would go out in the woods and you would do your job. When you have to get in the back of a deuce and a half truck and while it drives down the center of the of the drop zone and every 10 seconds, the person has to jump out the back and just stand still and wait for it all to drop everybody off. And then they blow a whistle and you run and then you meet up and then you go do your mission because we didn't get to jump because fuel for the aircraft is expensive, blah, blah, blah. And, and you always remember that because at the end of the day, all you care about in the military is who's going to give me the beans and the bullets because I want to make sure that I get anything and everything that I want to prepare for combat. And when I get ready for combat, I want it all. So that's the thing. Democrats, they're always trying to, you know, balance the budget and cut programs, and and it does affect our military. But then when you go to combat, when I went to combat for the first time is when I first started realizing there is levels to this. And in combat, the fraud, waste, and abuse is in your face, and it's sickening. That, that's what I find interesting. You. I find so interesting about you because you're, yeah, I've listened to you and you can tell already from this interview, you're a no BS kind of guy. You're a tell it like it is sort of guy. You don't mind 
telling someone when you're on a curb stop and they get right in their face. Was that frustrated to deal with people in Washington who are, I mean, notorious for being complete phonies? Like a guy like you, did you have trouble on, you know, the Senate floor, things like that? No, no. You know, I mean, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, it's all about money. And that's a fact. And, you know, it it took me a while to get tapped in. And the truth is, is they never really wanted me. No party really wants a person like me because I don't give a shit to tell you to go fuck yourself. Because why? Because a lot of people need to be told to go fuck themselves (laughs) on both sides of the aisle. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, they saw that I was doing very well. And they were like, damn, we got a guy in southern West Virginia that's actually turning heads. And once again, my race was number one out of all 435 races in flipping red votes blue. So I did the right things. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, there's good people like uh, Ruben Gallego. You know, he's going to be running uh, for Senate now. Let me tell you something. He is, an, he is a legitimate badass and a great guy. You know, during the January 6th assault on our Capitol, what he was doing was looking for things to sharpen because he was ready to start stabbing people. And that's my kind of guy. That's my kind of guy. You know, when the shit hits a fan, you know, you're not trying to climb your way out. You're just trying to figure out how you're going to defend your position. So uh, I think he's a badass and I like it. People like him, they exist. When when you were in office, how close? What was the closest you ever came to? Um, oh, we had a, we almost had a fist coming fight to that level. Up. Let's say, yeah, we almost had a fist fight. We were on the Literally Senate floor, ask. and and on the Senate floor, you know, we all considered, you know, the House is on the other side of the Capitol, and they're a bunch of jackaloons. They're always arguing. You know, she called me a name. It's like embarrassing. You're like, you go out, go behind the connex and punch each other in the face for five minutes, and then come back and be friends again. But get it done. <laughs> so we're sitting there and. There's a couple of people that I couldn't stand. You know, one of the guys' name was Ryan Weld. Ryan Weld and, and, and I think his name was Ryan Ferns. Both of them were absolute, absolute shit stains. Ain't worth a dime. Uh, all they care about is themselves, you know. And, 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 and Ryan Weld is a veteran, but, you know, he wants everyone to think he's just, he, he wears this, he wears this uh, Army Commendation Riddle medal on his thing, you know. Uh, one of those. Yeah, guys. get out of here, man. You know, uh, so – we had a guy, but one of the things is, is that if you disagree with somebody on the floor, you do not take it to them on the floor. You don't, you don't leave your desk and walk over and get in somebody's face. Doesn't matter. Republican, Democrat, that is a no, no, you don't do it. So uh, one of uh, the Senate minority chair got up and he said some stuff that was spot on. And there's this guy named Azinger and Azinger is a shit bag. He was actually at the Capitol on January 6th, but he was too chicken shit to go in. He let his buddy go in, but he stayed outside because he's all talk and that's about it. So basically he leaves his desk, runs over and gets into the face of the democratic Senate minority leader. Well, next thing you know, Doc Stallings, who is uh, Senator Stallings, me big, and him were both big the senators for the 7th Senatorial District. And let me oh, tell you something. We're big Doc, Doc Stallings, Stallings fans here. Big Doc Stallings, Stallings is a lawyer. Not a lawyer. He's a doctor. But let me tell you something. <laughs> Doc Stallings come up rough. Doc Stallings didn't have shit given to him. Doc <laughs> Stallings is a guy that will literally fight you at a drop of a hat. Okay. So next thing you know, Doc Stallings gets in Azinger's face and said, you're wrong, Azinger. Azinger starts running his mouth to Doc Stallings. So I get in position because I'm like, they're getting ready to start throwing punches. I wasn't getting in position to help Doc Stallings. I was getting in position because as soon as that going, Doc Stallings knocks Azinger out, 
I'm going to friggin' beat the shit out of Dagon Ryan Ferns with Ryan Weld. That's how much I hated those assholes. You're ready for a melee. You're ready for I'm shit ready for, to go I'm ready for a melee. I'm just looking at my targets, man. That was all it was. <laughs> did you sort of have that reputation? Did people know not to fuck with you? In the, you and Doc Stallings, that, that's a, that seems like a tough tag team to go yeah, up against. Yeah, the no, there's, there's a lot of guys in there that you don't play with. You know, we had people in there that, you know, they wasn't necessarily brawlers, but I'm going to tell you right now, when you're talking about, you know, uh, from the mouth, buddy, they eat you alive. You'd rather get an ass whooping than daggone, uh, you know, uh, uh, stand and, and fight with these guys. You'd rather take an ass whooping than a debate with these people because that's how sharp they were. So, you know, we had a reputation that we were all scrappy and we were all, you know, because there was only, you know, shit, 13 of us that we had. We, they had a big majority. So, you know, we had to get there and fight for everything. You know, believe it or not, it was my speech that started the teacher strike. Really? And that went across the country. Yeah, that was my speech. I, I got up because I spent four years in the classroom. I retired from the military. And then I went back and in Logan, West Virginia, I started teaching ROTC at all three of the high schools. And it became the second biggest program in the state. It was doing great, sending kids to college in full rides. And, uh, you know, friggin' shit, I don't forgot what I was talking about. To me, friggin' traumatic brain injury. What was I talking what, about? What a badass you are mainly is how you were going to no, no, take I your lesson. I don't consider myself a, a, a badass. I, I consider myself I somebody who tries to help people. I want to help people. I want to help. You Any know, means necessary. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I'm not going to take your shit. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, I will absolutely sit and work with you. I'll cross the aisle to work with you. You know, basically, when we talk about the, you know, there were people that were on the Republican side that literally never pushed any bills. They never got up and spoke. They were just drawing a paycheck. And that's something that sickens me, especially when you guys have the majority. But here we are. You know, I spent four years working in the high school teaching kids. So now I'm a senator and I'm still teaching. It's just for 60 days I get off. I get to go stand up in the Capitol while, you know, I'm not at school. Yeah. And uh, I'm listening to these lawmakers basically talk about teachers like they're garbage. And oh, by the way, we're 49th out of 50 in teachers pay. And I'll tell you right now, teachers are probably the most important profession that we have because you can't make a doctor without one. You can't make a lawyer without one. We need teachers. So that's when I decided that I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say something. And I got up and I told them because I sat with teachers every day during lunch and I listened to Pete, (laughs) you know, the bullshit that they were trying to push. Let me tell you something. You want to know bullshit. It was called go 365, which said that by May you teacher have to buy one of these. Now we're not going to give you the money to buy one, but if you don't have one by May, we're going to find you for the blind people. Now, it's a phone. This, you got to log on to the go 365 page and you've got to give me your weight, your breast size, your hip size, all that. Now I want to know how much you weigh so that if you lose 10 pounds, you're going to get a $25 gift card from Walmart. Ooh. But if you gain five pounds, I'm going to increase your premiums. Now, I'm going to tell you this. One thing I learned for four years when I was teaching is teachers don't have the time to go to the gym for the most part because most of our classrooms are far overcrowded. We're talking 50 students to one teacher. 
and they're grading papers because they got seven classes a day until their heads hit the pillow. And I'm going to tell you, not many teachers are physically fit. That's a fact. That's why I friggin' basically one of my jobs was, was to scare the shit out of the kids long enough to make sure that they ain't fighting. Make them think that you're crazy. Don't get my PTSD acting up there. Better stop. I might have to come in there and, and get involved. I think so, you're the right man for the job there, Rich. I think yeah, you can I mean, scare yeah, some you kids, know, no problem. I mean, I'm, I'm always like that. But, uh, but that's what long. they were trying to do. And, you know, those were personal things. So I got up and I said that it was garbage and that, you know, if you think the teachers aren't speaking about striking, except I said the S word, I said, you guys better think twice. Well, the next thing you know, I get in my vehicle and I'm driving home and I get a phone call from Mingo County Schools and they say, hey, Senator Ojeda, hold on. Uh, I got to always got to keep my thing. They said, Senator Ojeda, uh, we need you to come to this meeting. So I, sh- I showed up. And every teacher in Mingo County, every bus driver, every everybody was there. And I I knew then, I'm like, holy shit, tomorrow they're going to go on strike. Oh boy! And the next morning, Mingo County was the first out of 55 counties to go on strike. About two days later, nine counties were on strike. And four days later, all 55 counties were on strike. We had 28,000 teachers in the Capitol, and we won that fight. And we won that fight not just because the teachers were there. But because unions joined in this fight, when you walked outside the Capitol on the Capitol steps and you looked down, you saw a sea of red and blue, which was an AFT and the WVEA teachers organizations colors. But you also saw camouflage, the United Mine Workers of America. You saw a tent over here that was the Teamsters, the pipe fitters, the boiler makers, the painters. All these people were there. And that's when the Republicans was like, holy shit, we've done stuck a damn stick in a hornet's nest. And we won that fight. After nine days of fighting, we won that fight. Teachers got a pay raise and they got uh, money put towards their private insurance. Uh, you know, I did everything to try to help. And, and, and then I run for Congress and I get shit on because everybody loves Donald Trump. Right. And, you know, he come down there and put on a coal miner's cap and acted like he was working a shovel. That some bitch ain't never damn worked a shovel in his never. life. Everybody knows that. But, good Lord, you saw them daggone people. He's like baby Jesus. And it was that was it, man. It was up. <laughs> now, if you – so uh, let's say, for whatever reason, Richard Ojeda gets the chance to debate Donald Trump. Do you think you can keep your cool? Because here's what I worry about with you, Richard. You get hot under the collar. You start throwing out, you start getting physical with people real quick. And then in a debate stage, I, I wonder how Richard's going to perform. Am I wrong? Let me tell you that? something. Let me tell you something. I have been in debates many, many times and never, okay. never have I raised a fist. Never have I. I mean, I'm going to tell you, and I've been in some pretty rough places. I'm, you know, when I ran for Senate, I took on the biggest thug in the county. And I can remember going to places and, and looking at the police with him pointing at me like, holy shit. There were times when I thought, as soon as I get in my car to go away, I'm going to get stopped by the police and I may disappear. But make no mistake about it. I wasn't going to give it to him for free. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to tell you, man, yeah. that's the kind of stuff. But I never, I never, I don't, I don't get physical on debates. I talk about the issues. I, I rip people a new asshole, but I can do it. You know, I spent 24 years in the military. I know how to rip somebody's ass without putting my hands on somebody. You learn those things in the military. You got to be able to stand in front of groups of people and motivate these people. And, and let me tell you something. When you're standing on the frigging border of Iraq at 2.30 in the morning because you're getting ready to cross with your troops, you got to be able to inspire, not scare. 
I can I can only imagine, Richard. But so what I here's another thing I wonder about you because I like I find you to be a very funny guy. But what here's here's what I worry about with like left wing politics is you'll say stuff that I find very funny. Like uh, was it Greg Abbott that you said uh, you hope there's a stairway to heaven? I love that. It's but so there funny. Are people on your side that would want to cancel you for that? No. I don't give a shit. Attaboy. Hell See, that's yeah. The thing. That's the thing. Hell you understand? Yeah. Do, 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 I hope people realize Richard Ojeda doesn't need to be a senator or a friggin' representative of Congress. Richard Ojeda don't need that. I don't need nothing. Only thing I got to do is keep that woman in this house happy and take care of my kids. As long as I can handle that, that's all I got to do. So I get to be who I want to be. And if people like that, great. You know, I may run for office again. And look, I don't care if all of a sudden I see all this stuff that's been on the news or on on my shows where I've been screaming and cursing at people. Because the truth is, is whether I'm a candidate or not, if I've told you to go fuck yourself, you probably deserve to be told to go fuck yourself. (laughs) And that's it. Look, I don't try to hurt people's feelings. I don't try to sound. Let me tell you something. I work very hard to try to help people. You know, when I go out every single day, I try to joke with people to put a smile on their face. If I see some woman that looks like she's down and she's got pretty hair, I walk up and say, look, I ain't, I ain't out here messing around with my wife, but I'll say, ma'am, I just want you to know your hair looks absolutely beautiful. And you'll be amazed at how many times you see people that look like they are absolutely just, just hurt, broken. And they'll go, thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. Look, I just want to be nice. I, look, I can be the nicest person in the world, but I don't have to take your shit, period. I respect it. I res- I like that, Richard. And you know what? You know what I like about you is I, you're a lot more playful. I think when you see people online ranting about politics nonstop, you get the idea of them that they're very straight laced or the very one track mind, whatever it is. Like when I watch your show, it's all politics. Talking to you now, I can tell you're a more playful guy than I realized. But do you ever get like this world of politics? Do you feel like it's ever, you know, closing, like the walls are closing in on you? Because it gets exhausting, yes, at least in yes. my experience. You know, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I mean you know, I, I, I believe, you know, I want things to be right. I want things to be, you know, truthful. You know, every time I sit and look and see Donald Trump, every time he goes to a rally, every time he gets on his truth social, he is spreading hatred that some of the people that support him can't understand and they literally are ready to commit violence on his behalf. I don't understand how come our government is allowing this guy to run around and literally spew the hatred that he is spewing because we already know that it's dangerous and it can result to another January 6th. You know, those are things that bothers me. And when I see him like it's getting away with it, I'm like, good Lord, other people have been in, you know, other people. Let's look at the classified documents. I held a top secret security clearance. I'm going to tell you that when you are in a skiff, you can be read in on anything, but if you so much as walk out that skiff and start talking about anything that you heard inside there in the military, you're going to Leavenworth. Your career is over with. You know, when you get a top secret security clearance, you may think, that's awesome. I got a top secret security clearance. It also has a burden to it because make no mistake about it. You're going to be read in on things that you can never speak about on the outside. Right. And then we've got a guy here that has stolen, they're, they're still missing 30 boxes of classified documents. And oh, by the way, remember, and we know for a fact, he had the document. He's like, hey, look at this, talking about the Iran war plans. Folks, you do realize that that has not been turned in yet. They still don't know where that is. So let that sink in. You know, we got a guy who's supposed to be a whistleblower who is that on working arms trades with Iran. 
Do you think that Donald Trump wouldn't sell that shit to benefit himself? That's why he took in the first place. Absolutely. So that's the kind of stuff. It's a double standard because guess what? In the time that this has surfaced, that Donald Trump stole records, we know of two occasions already where a person was found with one classified document and they got five years in prison. And another person was found with a box of documents in their bathroom in the tub. And (laughs) we're getting ready to see her get sentenced. And it's going to be significant. So what do we have to do? We, you know, we learn about all these scumbags in Washington. There's plenty. What do we have to do to get Richard Ojeda back? Because you've got the full backing of the Blind Mike Project. If you run for office again, I hope you know. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. And I love, I, I love coming on shows, man. I'll be on here anytime you want. But you know, I'll tell you, you know, right now my biggest focus, you know, I'm not planning on running for office. I just moved to North Carolina, and I like it here. The roads are great, schools are better, everything's better in West Virginia. I mean, goodness gracious, all you have to do is flush a toilet and you make it better. But uh, <laughs> you know, you. you and my biggest thing right now is this, this, I believe it's called no, uh, it's a super PAC called no labels. And it's really a, it's really a pro Trump super PAC and Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin, the friggin' Senator from West Virginia. Now, first and foremost, Joe Manchin is going to throw his hat in the ring and run for the presidency, but he's only doing it to try to shit on Joe Biden's chances because Joe Biden didn't give him the, the position of secretary of energy. Joe Manchin's a coal guy, and Joe Manchin knows that as the Secretary of Energy, he could set everything up to where when he retires, he is going to be getting billions every year from these companies and stuff. And that's why he's mad at Joe Biden, because Joe Biden didn't give him what he wanted. But here's the thing. Let's look at this. West Virginia is last in everything. Every once in a while, we'll move to 49th place because Mississippi shits the bed or something like that. (laughs) But usually West Virginia is last in everything. So we've been last in everything for friggin' decades. The entire time uh, friggin' Manchin has been in charge of West Virginia. So is that what we want for president? Anybody out there want to vote for a guy that literally the only thing he can say is every once in a while, we didn't, we went 50th. We was 49th. Because that's Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin's a shit stain. The only people that benefit in West Virginia have the last name Manchin. He has destroyed the accreditation of a college because he pressured them into giving his daughter a master's degree that she didn't earn. And it destroyed that college. And a lot of students that had years in that college lost everything because the college lost its accreditation. And that is horrible. But guess what? And then she's the same person that basically jacked up the EpiPen price. By making it double. And oh, by the way, Joe Manchin's wife was the one that went and lobbied to make it mandatory that every school had to have those EpiPens. And it was like $900 for two. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, these are, these are, these are snakes in the grass. That's why we need you back in there, Richard. Come on. Mix look, it up, I, look, I'm, look, look, let me tell you something. I'm down with that. All right. But, you know, it's like I'm here in North Carolina. I don't care too much for, you know, my representative is a Republican. But here's the thing. I'm not going to throw my hat in the ring and not have no backing. I'm not going to do that. I get you because, you know, I, I got I got stabbed in the back. The AFL-CIO in West Virginia, the United Mine Workers of America in West Virginia, these were organizations that should have supported me, but they didn't. And they didn't because they were doing underhanded bullshit because Shelly Moore Capito was with them. And I'm going to tell you right now, she's a sack of shit, hasn't done a damn thing either. <laughs> but I walked into the AFL-CIO meeting. And I went in there and I told him, I said, look, I'm your guy, but make no mistake about it. I ain't going to take your shit. I walk out of that room. My phone starts beeping because I said everything. They were like, dude, you killed it. You're definitely going to get the AFL-CIO. But what I didn't know is as soon as I walked out of the damn room, 
Mike Caputo, who was a senator in West Virginia, who I have took up for many times, yep. stood up and said, because he's a rep of the UMWA, he stood up and said, I, the UMWA would appreciate everybody in this room to take no action yep. on this race. And they screwed me over, and I got no support from the very union. You know, when I was a state senator, the leaders of those unions used to come into my office and say, hey, man, can you go out there and, and, and rip these people a new asshole on the floor with this? And I was always, sure, give it to me. I get it, because I will fight for unions. I'm a kind, let me tell you something, and I, I don't give a shit. I'll say this anytime. If you come to my hometown and you try to take our jobs while union workers are on strike, you should get your ass whipped in the process. I don't give a shit. That's Ooh. a fact. You want to come to our place and take our jobs, you should get an ass whooping, period. Ooh. So oh, they, yeah. basically other politicians would use you <laughs> sort of as a hitman. They knew Mad Dog Ojeda would take care of it. So slide on yeah, your- they knew I didn't, They knew I didn't give a shit to get up and, and bust somebody out I, because I, like I don't. It. If I believe in it, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back it. That's it. And, and yeah, did I allow myself to be used by some of these people? Yes, I did. But at the end of the day, you know, the AFL-CIO president in West Virginia is a sack of shit. He's a tooth, a backstabbing worm. But that doesn't mean that the people below him are. The people below him are hardworking people that are union members that are busting their ass to take care of their families and raise their kids. And I respect unions wholeheartedly. As a matter of fact, I think that if you're not in a union, then you should unionize. Because if you're not in a union and a union gives you a seat at the table, then you're on the menu. And that's a fact. It is a fact. I, I now speaking of violence, like we we've mentioned, you know, uh, violence in terms of uh, your words, using your words to get your point across. But you mentioned earlier you were a victim of genuine violence. How did that all play out? Because I know very little about it, and then I realized I know even less because I thought it was while you were in office uh, no, that, that assault no, happened, but it was before. No, it was before. Let me tell you, uh, it's absolutely sickening. Uh, but I was invited to a political function right before the election. And it was one of those things where I was up the holler where I grew up and it was at a friend of mine's house. And uh, we went there and there's people out there. He's cooking weenies and everybody's eating and stuff. And I'm talking to these a group of four guys. And next thing you know, I get my shoulder. like this. Hey, I look and it's Jonathan Porter. Jonathan Porter grew up right down the street from where I grew up. I've known him his whole life. And, uh, yeah, he's a, he's, he was a friggin', he'd never done anything in his life. He was always just a friggin' big turd, didn't do shit. <laughs> but, you know, once again, I mean, like I said, hey, Jonathan, I knew him his whole life. We never had any issues ever. We used to right. hang out and sometimes go drinking and stuff together. But uh, he says, hey, man, I want a bumper sticker. So after I finished talking to these guys, I said, let's go. So I go over and I get a bumper sticker. He says, hey, can you put it on the back of my truck? So I walk over, I kneel down, I wipe the back bumper off, and I stick his sticker on Good to go. I turn around to walk back to the gathering. He says, hey, man, can you put one on the front of my vehicle? I want people seeing me coming and going. I didn't realize that he had actually backed in to his parking spot. And I didn't understand. I mean, I didn't think about it. I just right, right. a bumper sticker, walked around, kneeled back, started making sure that it was nice and, you know, even on the front of his car. And the next thing you know, I'm opening my eyes and they're like, don't move. The ambulance is on the way. Jonathan had reached into his driver's side, grabbed a metal pipe, ran around, struck me in the back of the head. Jesus. And a guy happened to walk around the corner when he come down with the, with the uh, pipe on my head. So the guy starts screaming, whoa! And Jonathan Porter had brass knuckles, and he just starts laying in on me. Jeez. I'm unconscious. I don't, I don't know nothing. Next thing you know, I, I wake up. He broke both my eye sockets, both my nasal passages, and four breaks on my jaw. 
And of course, he jumps in his car, almost kills. Uh, 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 I think he's like a 10 year old boy because he ran on top of the side by side, which is like a four wheel drive, you know, toy, you know, thing people take in the mountains. His dry, his passenger wheel went into the seat where that boy, that kid was sitting. And it was only like an inch away from crushing that boy. Jeez. And every, the, the guy who had the party, his name's Kendall, rest in peace. Love him. He's one of the best people you ever meet in your life. One of the toughest nails, too. And he almost he almost broke his hand because he's beaten on the daggone window to try to bust it and get hold of Jonathan. But Jonathan takes off, flees, goes up in the mountains, throws away all of these items. So what it was I, I apologize if I missed it, but what was his motivation? Was this just a was he trying he was to rob paid. you or he, he he was paid. He was paid to do it. He bragged before that he was paid like fifty thousand dollars to shit. do it. But here's the problem was that they want, they want was, Richard out of the picture. This is for real. Yeah, <laughs> they knew that if I didn't die on that creek bank, I was gonna beat the, the bully. I was gonna beat him, and that's what it was. Now I don't know who paid him, and I know that I know that he even he bragged and said he got fifty thousand dollars. But this is the thing. Jonathan, last name is Porter. And right. back where I come from in Logan County, Porter pretty much can do anything and everything. Jonathan Porter had been busted before with drinking and driving. He had been busted with battery charges and never once spent a day in jail. Because why? Because as soon as he walks in the courthouse, hey, that guy's a Porter. Let him go. He's good to go. He's never, ever been held accountable. So all of a sudden, now I'm at the hospital. Everything's good to go. I'm back up and stuff like that. So now this guy, every time and they let him out of jail, as soon as they brought him in, as soon as he turned himself in, he goes to the courthouse, they let him out. And of course the judge is a sack of shit because that's just what they are. Sure. And the, uh, uh, the prosecuting attorney is a bootlicking little worm weasel. And that's what he was. <laughs> so basically now it's the state against John the Porter. So the uh, the prosecuting attorney who acts like he's one of me, I'm with you. I'm going to fight for you, Jetta. We're going to make sure he gets what he gets. So me and my wife sit in his office, and we come to the agreement, no plea deal. I don't want a plea deal. I want this to go to court because I know he's facing 30 years. And if he's facing 30 years and there's no plea deal, he's going to tell on everybody who, to, who put him up to this. And that's what I wanted. I wanted everybody to get it. So basically Naturally. that's and, and the prosecuting attorney says, don't worry about it there, Mr. Ojeda. We're not going to tell, we're not going to budge. I'm standing on the Senate floor. Hell, I still, I'm still bruised up and shit. No, no, it wasn't. No, 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 no. I, I was on the uh, Senate floor and I'm giving a speech and my phone starts going. Zzz, zzz, zzz. So when I'm done speaking, I sit you know down and I put my phone like? out and it's chan- channel 13 news. And they say, what do you think about the plea deal? I'm like, what the fuck you mean plea deal? Sure enough, they daggone accepted a plea deal that said Richard Ojeda got into a fight and just got knocked out. Jesus. And it went from 30 years down to five, two and a half with good behavior. So we finally get to court. Were there, were there no, were there no witnesses? I have, cause you said the guy came running around the corner. Were there no witnesses that saw you? Let me tell you you something. It wasn't a week it wasn't a week after that happened, and that guy was riding around the mountains with good old Jonathan Porter. I mean, what the <laughs> hell, man? It was they got to him, and they hey, you, you ain't gonna say nothing. Make sure you don't say nothing. And sure enough, but we get to court, 
And all the evidence shows what he did. He's, you know, the judge, we had to get a judge from Charleston because you couldn't trust the judges in Logan. So the judge from Charleston comes down there and sentences him to a maximum of five years in prison, tells the court order. He says, put in his papers, no part, no parole period. He's going to do all the, the whole five years, which is really just two and a half for good behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, guess what? The court recorder failed to do that, not even five months later. And first and foremost, he got sent to a non-violent facility, literally like a, a facility with kids and him. <laughs> it wasn't five months later, so I almost like bump into him in Walmart, and I'm like, what the wow. fuck? Jesus. That's it. That was it. He didn't do free. He did four and a half months in a non-violent facility. You know, you, and now what is it? What is a guy like you do in that situation? Do you, you seem like the type that might confront him, but oh, oh, make no mistake about it. I, I wanted to take a can of friggin' Campbell's soup and cave his friggin' head in, you know. But, 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 but let me tell you something if I would have done that, I would go to prison, yes, of course. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. let me tell you something when you grow, when, when you are enemies with the powers that be in Logan County, and we're not just talking about the county commissioners, we're talking about the judges. You know, well, well, the, the main judge, the one in charge who called all the shots, right. you know, he was no fan of mine. You know, these are people that are freaking complete and utter assholes. And, uh, you know, they, they absolutely had it against me because I basically took out the biggest thug in the history of our county, period. Yeah. I didn't realize what a hero Richard was. We talk about Richard a lot. I didn't realize what a hero he was in some of these cases. I, I, I'm, I'm, not I'm ready hero, to run man. through I a just, wall, man. I just, I do shit, man. I, yeah. I, you know, I try to help people when I can. I'm it's actually, like a I'm not a bad person. I, I try no. to help people. I, you know, yeah. I mean, I spent 24 years in the military and you know, I'll tell you right now, I, I'm not, I'm not proud of, of, of my combat time. I mean, right. I, I, you know, I serve, I, I could say, yeah, I'm proud to serve my country, but the most thing that I'm the most the proudest moment for me was in Haiti for the earthquake, helping poor people that had nothing, that lost everything to have food. You know, when I was in Afghanistan, we put 6,000. I started sending pictures home to Logan County, West Virginia, of the poverty that I saw in Afghanistan. Very rarely would you see a kid in Afghanistan that had matching shoes. They may have a boot on their right foot and a flip-flop on the left, and it's snowing outside. So I started sending these pictures back and people started sending me boxes of shoes. So I would go to the edge of the village. And let me tell you something. In the beginning, when I would drive through these villages, there would be people that would look at us and go like this. They would literally drag their thumb across their throat. But you can't shoot nobody for this. Now, if they pulled a gun, I could smoke them. But Mm -hmm. This you can't do. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I would stop at the beginning of the of, of the village and I would scream, back sheesh, back sheesh. And that means gift. And the okay. kids would come running. And we'd sit the kids on the back of the truck. We'd take their raggedy shoes. And oh, by the way, they'd grab them raggedy shoes and we'd put new shoes on their feet. And next right. thing you know, after about the second or third time through the village, now the village elder comes out. And the village elder now invites us into his home and gives us the food from his table. And now the people that did this are now doing this and smiling because they know that we're actually there to help their kids survive the winters. That's what I'm most proud of when you're talking about my military experience. You know, I, I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, I don't, we should have never went to Iraq. We could have ended. We could have ne- we, we never had to invade Afghanistan. We could have killed Osama bin Laden within the first three months. But we stopped. 
because because big companies like Boeing and Lockheed Martin and Brown and Root and Halliburton, which, by the way, Dick Cheney used to freaking be the vice president of. Mm -hmm. They saw an opportunity to take everybody back and we can get bogged down into a war for the next 10, 15 years. So let's let's invade Iraq. Endless (laughs) endless wars all the time. Money makers. We killed we killed well over a million Iraqis. And the truth is, is we should have never went there. We could have said, hell, hell, uh, 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 Saddam Hussein would have already died of old age. You know, I mean, (laughs) it's, it's a shame. And and, and we participate, I participated in that. And I I hate that. Uh, well, but you've been able to rationalize that because I believe me, I see you get uh, comments online. You used to read the chat a lot more, which I do kind of miss those days. Yeah. But well, like people I would say all kinds of shit people. about your service or whatever. Look, 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 look. I never, I never squeezed a trigger on anybody that didn't deserve it. Yeah. I'm outside the wire with my troops. I had a gunner and if I punched him in his friggin' thigh, he knew open fire. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, you know, Every time I did that, I feel completely comfortable that they were absolutely trying to hurt us. You know, mm-hmm. we had rules of engagement and we had pin flares, all kinds of shit. And, you know, you have communication throughout your convoy. And it was only five vehicles. But uh, here I am, you know, in the lead vehicle. I got my radio. To, I got a radio, two radios. One's sheriff's net and one is is open to uh, uh, to the communication within my within my movement. So they'd be like, hey, you know, uh, Captain Ojeda, we've got uh, a vehicle moving up on us. Okay. So at 200 yards away, the first thing you start doing is you start waving them off. Wave them off. They keep coming. At 150 yards away, you take a pin flare. It's a little tiny little light thing, you know, like a little like a little bottle rocket almost getting shot at you. It's letting you know that you better slow your ass down because if you get too close, it is what it is. And here's the thing. I can't let you get too close because if you get too close and you have a vehicular born improvised explosive device and you cook that off, it'll kill my gunner. And I'm not going to let you kill my gunner. So make no mistake about it. I'm going to say eliminate the threat. And when they get within the hundred meter mark, eliminate the threat. Done. Boom, 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 boom. Done. Move on. Keep on going. Well, we've learned, obviously, Richard uh, has won a lot of people over with all of his great service. He does a lot of great things. But there's one thing that uh, whenever we have talked about your show or anything, Richard, this always sticks in my craw. This one does bug me about you. I think you're going to have an explanation that will win me over. But we've seen a story where there was a guy making videos of you speeding around West Virginia. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Okay. Let me did you get him fired from his job? No, no, I did not get him fired. I did okay. not get him fired. All right. First Explain and foremost, me. first and foremost, isn't it kind of funny that he had his camera ready to take a, a video of me? And oh, by the way, let me tell you yes. this. I'm driving on this road to Huntington, West Virginia, and it's a two lane road. Now, if you're driving behind somebody and they are brake checking you, you know what that means, don't you? Absolutely. Yes. They're slamming their damn brakes and, and, and you're getting like this. Yeah. That's yeah. the situation. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm going around. And you know what? He had the camera waiting on me. Okay. You know, now the only mistake that I made was that night I went on my live and I said, I'm going to call his, his, his boss tomorrow because my thing was this. If I get into a wreck with that truck, his company is what's going to end up paying to fix my vehicle or paying for my medical bills if I get hurt, right? Correct. Okay. So my thought was, I'm going to call the boss. Well, guess what? I did call the boss the next morning. 
but I didn't call him to get him fired. I woke up the next morning and realized that I probably had kind of went a little ballistic because I was <laughs> fucking fire the night before. And as soon as he answered the phone, he said, Mr. Ojeda, I don't even want to worry about it. I've already taken care of it. And the thing was, was that he had punished him multiple times for doing other things like moving furniture into people's house while taking pictures and shit. Oh, so there's certain things. Right. So, so that's why you've turned me. All right. It was that easy. So, so, <laughs> so then I'm the one who gets all the blame for him getting fired. And you know what? I mean, it, it absolutely, it, it, believe me, it was, it, it, it was painful. And it hurt me. It hurt me greatly. But that's the thing though. Think about that. If they wasn't messing with me and trying to get me to pass them, then why did they have the camera ready? I mean, who has a camera ready on friggin' route 10 route 10 has nothing on it. It's literally a, a shitty road that is filled with impoverished friggin' raggedy homes and trailers because poor people live there, you know? So you're not exactly having a camera because there's cool things to watch. God, Richard has enemies out there. I d wouldn't have known from what's I, you have look, actual enemies. Look, 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 look. And, and, and the reason why we're enemies is because friggin' I used to do a whole lot, a whole lot for people that were close to him. I mean, a lot. Okay. And... One day, a rumor got started, which was bullshit, and he called my daughter a bitch Ooh. to me on the phone. Don't like that. And I said, stop. We can go someplace, and we can meet up. Because okay. at the end of the day, if you got a problem with me, if you hate me that much, don't fucking run your mouth. Right. If you hate me that much, you come find me, and we can go someplace, and we can settle this. Did he take you up on that offer? I assume not. No. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> so you knew this guy previously. That, that That's a factor I didn't realize. Yeah, either. me either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Richard's been able to, he's, he's passing our test today. I, I, I like Richard a great deal. Look, look, I don't try to do, I don't try to do harm to anybody. I wish him, I wish him good, a good life. I honestly, I, I wish him well. You know, but at the end of the day, I got stuck in a situation. I handled it improperly. I was wrong because I went ballistic and started screaming all that bullshit. And I shouldn't have done that. Okay. You know, I should have just kept everything that on quiet. Uh, and, and, and I should have called his boss the next morning. But, you know, like I said, I didn't get him fired. I did not get him fired. All right. I respect that. I now, that fire that I love so much, you've heard me enjoying it today. I miss it when you're responding to the chat. I know people say all kinds of shitty things, but some of my favorite Richard Ojeda stuff is you reacting to the chat. And listen, yeah. I heard you with stuttering John. I know you, I think you have the right mental approach to it, but well, I do like know, once in a while you telling someone you're going to curb no, stuff. No, yeah. You know, a lot of people, people like, people like it when you get you know animated and stuff like that. But yeah. what I started realizing is I had a lot of people that were really, really good, solid listeners and they were like, Rich, please, you know what, you know, this is what I do. I, I, every, every, all my nightly lives, I have about three pages of topics in the news that I talk about. Mm -hmm. yes. And most people who follow me, follow me because I talk about the news. And a lot of times I go into details about things that a lot of people are like, I didn't think of it that way. So that's what I try to do. I just try to educate people. I feel like it's my duty to try my best to try to uh, explain the truth to people 
because we got a lot of people in this country that will are falling for the, the biggest bunch of bullshit. But when I would go after these people and throw stones, first and foremost, they are doing that. This is what they're doing. You know, if I'm looking at the chats and they've got people that are talking about my daughter and all that shit, you know, that right there is easy to get my freaking nerve riled sure. up. Right. Yeah, but yeah. then all of a sudden I spend a whole damn show arguing and fighting with people that don't deserve my oxygen. So if they want to throw stones at, 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 at me, throw stones. I don't give a shit. Look, I know what I've done. You can call here. You, you, was a, you was a failure in the military. Let me tell you something. I started as a freaking E1 with nothing on my collar. And I was selected for lieutenant colonel when I retired. I chose to retire as a major and not take the promotion because I would have to have stayed another three years in the military. And that would have meant because I'm a combat engineer and I was already told by a two-star general that I would be taking a light airborne sapper battalion at Bragg. And let me tell you something. That's a guaranteed one out of your two years is going to be in combat. And I started thinking. I was almost killed five times in Iraq. I've had mortar rounds land within five feet of me, and both of them were duds. If either one of them would have went off, I would be dead. They have a 30-meter kill radius. I was ambushed where my vehicle was the main vehicle in the middle of the ambush. I was uh, I survived an improvised explosive device and a vehicular-borne improvised explosive device. When I was in Afghanistan, I almost got captured by 60 Taliban fighters. So I started thinking, you know, what do I do? Do I get out of the military and spend the last couple of years that my children have before they get out of school? And that's when I decided to do that. And that's why I did it. And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, I, I should have took the promotion because I love the military. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, I think I did the right decision. I, I agree with you. And it seems like you have a good mindset on now. And I know uh, Hackride had mentioned to me that you weren't interested in talking about Stuttering John. I'm not looking up for a sensational moment where you shit on him or anything. But we let did me tell watch. You, let me tell you. Yeah. Let, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I, I, John has always been really good to me. Believe it or not, I went to California one time and I got free tickets, backstage passes to a comedy show. And when it was over with, I never had to, I never spent a dime on any of the beers. Uh, I ended up at Corey Feldman's 50th birthday party with John. <laughs> I'm sitting there hanging out with friggin' Bud Bundy, Jay Faustino. And I'm like, and to be honest with you, man, like, like Corey Feldman is one of the coolest, nicest guys really? you could ever meet. I, you know, everybody gives him shit about his music and stuff and he's dancing and stuff, but one-on-one, -on -one, he is really a really great guy. If anybody deserves to be very successful, he does because yeah. he made me and everybody else feel like we were the most important people in the friggin' room, man. And it was his friggin' birthday. He's a great guy. But, you know, and, 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 and John's show, you know, when he has Glenn Kirshner and I mean, I mean, I went on his show one time and D Snyder was there. He has the ability to get great people on there. And that's what I want him to do. I want him to get great people on there. Right. I just don't like to be a part of the drama stuff. I don't want to be on there and fighting with people and arguing with people. So that's why I try to stay away from that. And he knows that now. I don't yeah. want to be on his shows when he's doing these arguments. If you want to bring Glenn Kirshner or you want to talk politics, I'll be there. I have no problem with that. And, I, and that's the agreement that we've had. I'm not going to go on there anymore and get into arguments with people in his chats. If you want to talk politics, I'm, I'm your man. But uh, that's as good as it gets. How did you get hooked up with John? How did you meet him? Uh, you know, how did that like relationship always. come to be? Uh, it's, it's like always. I mean, you know, uh, I, I always go and I do my nightly lives and stuff. And somebody had, you know, told him, you ought to get this Ojeda guy on. And we just clicked, man. And, and to be honest with you, man, he's a really good guy. 
He is a really good guy. Now, yeah, you know, he, he likes to drink his beer and stuff. But, I mean, deep down, he, 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 he'll he give you the shirt off his back. If, if he's your friend, he's your friend for life, man. I mean, I, he's a good guy. He really is. And I really wish, and I hate that he's arguing with people. I do. I hate that. And I told him, I hate you doing that, man, because that's the advice that I give him. But at the end of the day, he's my friend. Just like right now, I would say you two are my friend. And if somebody starts trying to drag you two through the garden, I'll tell them, you know, you need to fuck off with that. Because the truth is, is they're trying to educate people like you, just like me. We have we have podcasts. And what we do with that is we're trying to enlighten people. And that's a wonderful thing. Regardless, it doesn't matter. We're trying to enlighten people. And, uh, you know, I, I have nothing but respect for that, period. I mean, I'm, I'm touched that we're friends now, and I'll be writing down a lot of uh, Twitter accounts. Look, look, forwarding look, look, let me tell you something. You're going to be curb stomped, folks. Yes. Well, you, you send me, you know, say, hey, we, th- we, we got this news and thing in the news. We want to talk about it. Can you come on? I'll be more than happy to come on. I don't have a problem with that. I yeah. enjoy these things. I was on the Dean Abadala show last night, and I was on fire, man. But we were talking about the stuff that I want to talk about. Right. So was that was that frustrating to you when you were trying to kind of impress that upon John? Because I noticed a few times you would say, hey, let's get into the you know, Trump indictment or whatever. And he was not listening as a friend. Is that sort of thing frustrating? Well, yeah, because because I don't like the things that I see in the chats. You know, when you've got people that will literally go in the chat and do nothing but spew Pure. Let me tell you another. Let me tell you another thing about John. John's my friend. I'm gonna tell you right now. John's a scrapper. I'm gonna tell you. There's a couple people that you don't ever want to mess with. You don't mess with redheads because redheaded kids have to fight. Let me tell you. Redheaded kids get picked on brutally when they're in school. And let me tell you something. When they get pissed off, if you're pissed, if you're messing with the redhead and his face gets red, but let me tell you something. You better back away. Because I'm going to tell you right now, they will kick the dog shit out of you because redheaded kids know how to fight. The boys, the boys can fight like you ain't never seen. And you don't mess with people that stutter because people that stutter get picked on relentlessly and they eventually get to the point where they say, fuck this shit. Let me tell you something. I was the smallest kid when I was growing up and I fought every single, let me tell you something. I had a reputation because I used to bust people's heads with fucking rocks because I was tiny. I was tiny. When I, my first day of seventh grade, let me tell you, you know how much I weighed when I was in the ninth grade? How much? 78 pounds. 52 pounds. Jesus. You want to know how I know that? Because I wrestled Ah. and the lowest weight class was 75. And I went 26 and three that year. Because even though I was tiny, I was a mean little bastard. You were scrapping. I'm going to tell you, when I started the seventh grade, the bullies picked me up and stuck me in a garbage can, and that garbage can was filled with chewing tobacco spit. And I said right there, that shit ain't never going to fucking happen again. And I'm going to tell you, I had a bully one time who was trying to show out in front of these two girls. And I was tiny, you know. He picked me up and body slammed me for no reason. And there was nothing I could do. He was a big kid. I couldn't fight and whoop his ass. Right. But I sit around and I waited. And the next thing you know, there's this pipe that went across the creek about 18 feet up from the water. And he was going to try to impress those girls by crossing that pipe. 
I let him get into the middle of that pipe and I run over that bridge and I picked up rocks the size of softballs and I split his fucking head wide open and he fell into that shitty fucking creek. And let me tell you something. Where I come from in West Virginia, everybody's house, nobody's got septic systems. They all got pipes that go out to the creek. It's pure shit. And he fell with his busted head in that pure shit. And you know what? Never again. He never even so much as spoke to me ever again. From scrapper to sapper. I love that. Oh boy, Richard. You, but, but, but see, that's the thing is sometimes you just got to be willing. But I had to grow up fighting because if I didn't, I would be basically preyed on. So that's how I was. But I'm going to tell you right now, John is a scrapper too. And I look at these people and I see these people throwing horrible things. They're talking about his children and his mother and all this stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, they wouldn't go to his face and say that. No, you. I'm telling you, they would not go to his face and say that because well, John can I, can't. Can I ask you this though, Richard? Have you looked yep. into why people say some of these things? Because some of it is genuine, just trying to fuck with John. But there yeah. is a lot. There's a lot of. This is a long backstory. There's this guy, uh, Carla, who's a bit of. He's ladylike, I guess. He has wood paneling in his basement yep. that started all of it. So no there's, dog been, there's house. a long backstory to it. Yeah. Yeah. Look. 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 I look. You know what? individual one-on-one with John, I don't have a problem with that. But coming on his show and throwing those, that's garbage. If you got a problem, then go to, if John has said something negative to somebody that literally angered them, then they have a right to speak that out in front of him, even if it's in the chat, if it's a one-on-one. But but now you got 50, 75 people that go on there just to dag on completely feel the, the chat with bullshit and garbage. And look, I'm not, I, I got other shit to do. Right. I mean, I got all kinds of stuff that I could be doing right now. I could be sitting here and I could be working on my tonight's live and tomorrow's live. And I don't want to be sitting here arguing with people in a chat. Right. But make no mistake about it. Me and John have spoke. John is going to continue doing his chats where he's arguing with people. And I'm not going to be a part of that. But when John wants to talk politics, if that's what he wants to talk about, I'm willing to come on and talk politics. I'm not going to be arguing with anybody in the chat. Don't want to. I don't need to because it doesn't do any good. I mean, look, why am I going to argue with somebody that's sitting behind a computer that won't say it to my face? Right. You know, and, and let me tell you, so that, that right there, that right there will get your blood boiling because, uh, you know, you're going to say because they do. They'll say things about my children because they know that I'm not going to be able to actually do anything to them because they're where they are. And that's what's going to get you riled up. Yep. Right. And that's what bothers you is you you got somebody who probably sweats fucking butter, you know, (laughs) friggin', you know, know, if it wasn't for the fact that he had a chin, he'd be a perfect fucking circle. You know, (laughs) that guy's throwing stones, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, it, it, it is, it's, it's brutal. And, 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 you know, John, John tends to like that stuff. He likes yeah. to argue with that stuff. I don't, I don't want to, I don't need to. So in terms of uh, politics, have you f- found John to be an interesting, you know, discussion partner? Cause I don't listen to his political stuff. Yes. Often. yes. He's, yeah, he's, he's insightful. John, he's a, he's a Democrat, but I'm going to tell you another thing too. John has amazing guests. I don't know if you guys have ever followed Glenn Kirshner. Glenn uh, Kirshner has a show called Justice Matters, and I'm telling you right now, Glenn Kirshner has been at almost every level in terms of legalities and stuff. Mm-hmm. He is a subject matter expert without a doubt. 
and John has him on. John has Dr. Jack Brown on, who is a body language expert. It's just an, um, every time he has him on, it's like I just want to sit there and listen to everything that he says because it's like you're in a classroom, you know? Yeah. I mean, he brings on really, really good guests. Let me tell you something. Hal Sparks is absolutely one of the most hilarious guys you could ever meet. He's a great guy. He has him on all the time. Dude, D. Snyder. I mean, hell, I went through two freaking Stay Hungry albums, man. You know, I love freaking D. Snyder. I mean, hell, when the teacher strike, it was We're Not Gonna Take It was a song the teacher sung every day. So, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, he has great guests. And let me tell you something. He is aware of the topics that he's talking about. Okay. You know, it's just stay away. Don't look over there at that, at that comment section. Right. And we could really have a good conversation. You know, I talk about there's things that I, I want people to know. You know, I, I, I dragged Joe Manchin to the garden because Joe Manchin is trying to spoil Joe Biden's second term. And I want people to know that Joe Manchin is going to throw his hat in the ring and run for president, even though he knows he's not going to win. But he's doing it to sabotage Joe Biden. And here's the thing. I want people to realize, would you vote for Joe Manchin? Because he's been in charge of West Virginia for 40 years and we're last in everything. So do we want the country to be like that? Or do we want somebody that's actually getting shit done? And Joe Biden is getting shit done. And that's a fact. Now here, this is for the first time I'm starting to see the politician in Richard come out a little bit. Cause I asked him, so is John insightful politically? And Richard said, yeah. Oh, he's got great guests, man. His guests <laughs> top of the line. I see what you did there, Richard. I'm on to you. He does. He does. Now, I'm, now I mean, you know, it's, he's not bringing on Steve Bannon and those jackaloons like sure. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't have a problem going on Steve Bannon's show, but I would much rather go there in person because once again, you know, I guarantee you he's the kind of guy that'll run his fucking file behind his microphone. That's I this is what I'd love to see is Richard doing you know, Fox News and Newsmax and all these types of you know, actually, we're sitting with a guy right here who's the producer for the Jerry Callahan show. Jerry Callahan's like a staunch right wing guy. Yeah. My boy Ironhead here produces for him. That's the show you should go on. You should be arguing with guys like that, these crazy right wingers. Crazy. I, look, I, don't crazy. Have a, I don't have a problem. I really don't have a problem. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you can't, you can sit here all day long and you can talk about Donald Trump. I didn't see anything, you know, Donald Trump, the first thing he did was shut down the damn government. And you know, this is what's also kind of fucked up. Do you want to know how come that, that got stopped? The only reason why that government shutdown ended, you know why? Mm -hmm. Because friggin' the maintenance crews at the airports close to Washington, D.C., because they, they don't make enough money to live in the city of Washington, D.C., so they have to drive 45 minutes every day from where they live to work. Mm -hmm. And then they go to work, and they have to do the maintenance on all the aircraft, and they got to do inspections on all the aircraft. And it got to the point where, because remember, they wasn't getting paid. So now they can no longer afford to put gas in their car to drive to the friggin' airport. So now... Aircraft was not getting inspected. The maintenance was not getting done. So it shut the airport down. And then all of a sudden, these members of Congress who didn't have a problem with all this shit started realizing, I'm going to have to take a bus to Idaho? Fuck that. So that's when the <laughs> Republicans said, hey, this shit has to end now. And that's the only reason why Donald Trump ended it. That's a fact. Well, in fact, it's true. All right. Uh, well, let me uh, let me ask you this, Richard, because like I said, I know uh, we've talked already probably too much about stuttering, John. And I know you didn't want to talk much about but if I can just ask one last thing from uh, your appearance with him last week after yeah. being briefed on them. Do you finally get the point about Chad Zumach and Anthony Cumia being cucks? Do you get it now? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> That's about what I figured I would get. <laughs> Richard, thank you so much, man. You've been honestly great and very playful, and uh, I've enjoyed you a lot. I hope, well, uh, hope we can get you back at some point. Absolutely. All right. That's well, it. I will tell you, <laughs> I, I would like to, I, I would like to uh, at least get the opportunity to let everybody know that on YouTube and on Facebook, every night at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, I do Ojeda Live. Yes. Uh, I also have, have started a, it's called the Turn Left Pack. And uh, we're going to be a thorn in Joe Manchin's side. And we're going to put billboards in Josh Hawley's backyard and, and all the rest of these jackaloons. So, uh, yeah, if you want to check that out, go to turnleftpack.org. Uh, and also go and follow me on Ojeda Live on YouTube and on Facebook. Yeah, for those of you watching on YouTube right now, go over to Ojeda Live, subscribe, tap the bell so you know whenever Richard goes live. Watch on, uh, you do it on Facebook as well, right? Yes. All right, so make sure you do all that. Go support Richard. He's our boy now. We're friends. You heard him say it. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Sappers, clear the way. Airborne all the way. And we have a mean transition. Sappers, clear the way. Everyone all the way. If I tell you you've got a homicide, buddy, you've got a homicide. I hope to hear from you soon. I am proud to own the Trumpy Bear, and I will always be proud to be an American. Until then, have yourself a great day, and as always, rock on. Stop the baloney, huh? What kind of statement is that? I wrote it. One of my favorite players to cover when he was here was Mike Vrabel. Tell me a Mike Vrabel story. <laughs> Piss on him. All right. Stop, my belly hurts. What's that, sir? Can you please kindly F off, please? Anyway, God bless America.